I think it is right, and I love that Psalm 112 starts very similar to the psalm last week. April, if you want to throw it up. After installing office bearers, I think we all can say praise the Lord. That that is an exciting season for not only the lives of the newly installed office bearers, now those that, are, that have completed their terms of office. And we want to make sure that we pray and give thanks to God for them. And I'm going to try to do this by memory, but outgoing deacons have uh, Jeff Nadelberg, Kenny Skiringa, and Seth Wilcher. And outgoing elders are Dave Boss and Rich Vandenberg. So let us give thanks for God for them. I believe, I believe Rich Vandenberg served for, I think, six years, uh, so that is definitely uh, a, a new season of life for him as he continues to love this con- congregation, but praise the Lord is the right response, and if we're honest, praising the Lord is the right response in all things, right? As I, I look down uh, the, the, to August 8th to this procedure, I still need to sit in a place of praising the Lord. Praising the Lord that we found out what the issue was. Praising the Lord that there was opportunities to hopefully get past it. But in your life, you're just as tempted to not do it as it is to do it in life. That we go through things in life where it's easy to say, praise the Lord. We're not going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about when it's hard. As we go through and read this psalm, we're going to see those seasons or those uh, uh, aspects and moments of life where squeaking out, praise the Lord, is almost impossible. And I think it's part, we need to own that. If you talk to any of the leaders that went on the trip, their praise the Lord the first two days and the praise the Lord the last two days were very different praise the Lord, maybe so bold to say that, that I think in the beginning praise the Lord was through gritted teeth. And at the end, it was with arms wide open, saying, God, you took this week and made it yours. So whether you're here this morning through gritted teeth or open arms, you are welcome to join the conversation as the psalmist writes in Psalm 112, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Let me ask, when's the last time you delighted in God's commandments? When's the last time you delighted in a God that shapes your life? Have you ever thought about that, about the Ten Commandments? We talk about it on Prep Sunday, the last Sunday of every month, before we come to the table, the first Sunday of every month, that he gives... His people, us, the Israelites, he forms them by law. He forms them by rules. He forms them by commandments that help shape us as people. Praise the Lord. But sometimes that's really hard because we see these as restricting. Yes, even believers can look at the commandments as restricting. Non-believers, they don't care. Yet, they still, even the atheists, will still follow the Ten Commandments, but just call them public law. Right? Uh, that, you, know, you don't have to be a Christian to not murder people. You don't have to be a Christian to not steal. 
that there's a definition here, there are boundaries here, but without the relationship, they're just rules. We all felt that way growing up. I guarantee you my boys and Santiago feel that way now about me. That when we give our kids rules, hopefully there's some thought behind it. What are some thoughts that parents have when they give rules? I'm going to ask those that their kids are all, uh, let's say, married and out of the house. Don't worry, young people, young families, we will get your input. Those that have kids that are married and out of the house, when you think back on the rules you provided, uh, demanded, insisted, what have you, why did you give those rules? Safety. Oh, hang on, the Vanderwoods had a lot, apparently. Go ahead. Safety and in their best interest, did they always agree with you? No. Do they still agree with you? No. So it didn't change. Anyone else? Respect. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Respect. Absolutely. Anything else? I can't hear, so I'm getting old. Better life. Absolutely. They may not agree with it right off the bat. But my beautiful sons, 10, 8, and 6, there are times, most of the time, and they, they would agree to this, they don't know what they don't know. That part of growing up with parents, with grandparents, aunts, uncles, maybe even pastors, elders, deacons, there are times their bounds of the river are put on there for us. Now, I told you I'd give you an opportunity. Young families with kids, right, who are currently going through it. There wasn't a lot of angst in a lot of the answers before because it in some ways is kind of over and done or has lessened that relationship, uh, you know, as far as they're older, they're their own adults, they have their own kids. Those that have young kids now, when you create rules, what are the reasonings with you, that you do that? Insanity, or sanity, Insan- well, it depends, I guess, on the day, yeah, to break from the insanity or to instill sanity, Absolutely. Others. So you can walk through the room and not break their leg. Your leg. Then you'll break their leg. Absolutely. Right? Sophia, that's probably part of the heart change that God had you take when you were in, uh, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness, Sophia. Others. Teach them good habits. And that's from a farmer. Teach them good habits. There are things that those Smedberg kids are going to learn that I never have, right? I'm sure, Wyatt, if I go to the farm, can you tell me how to, like, tend to the pigs? Can you teach me that? Yeah, because I have no idea. I just think they're delicious. Up in the balcony. Respect for, so there's a similar one. Respect for self and others, absolutely. One more. Responsibility, right? That life's not all about just chilling with my homies. Blessed is the person who fears the Lord, men and women. Blessed are those who fear the Lord that delight greatly in their commandments. Right? The psalmist continues. His offspring will be mighty in the land and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches riches are in this house and his righteousness endures forever. Let's stop there. Right? Wealth and riches are in his house. Meaning that when you have a family, when your kingdom delights in the Lord and delights in the commands, right? And delights in the definition that God gives you, praise the Lord. 
Yet in homes, Holland owners are not exempt. There's always a desire to want more. There's always a desire to want other things. The idea and art of contentment, when you have young kids, it's next to none. They're always wanting that next thing. What are we going to do today? What new thing are we going to do? What, you know, where are we going next? Rarely as kids do we look at having a roof over our head, at least two square meals a day, right? A place to sleep, electricity, right? Air conditioning, heat. Rarely do our kids look at that and go, we are so blessed. No, because they want to open the door when the AC is on to cool the outside, right? They want to leave the door open when the heat is on to melt the snow. They don't think about those things. But the psalmist is not getting at all the wants and needs because what the psalmist is doing, it's attaching our desire for life to be God's desire for us. That we can't deny. Even those families living paycheck to paycheck are still living. There's still riches and wealth because what this psalmist is saying is when you delight in the Lord, when you praise God, even in the midst of hardship, when the righteousness of God is beaming out of you, you're set. Yet we don't like that. We struggle with that because we want the stuff. God never promised us stuff. God promised us his son, he promised us salvation, and he promised to be with us always to the very end of the age. And if your desire for a Nintendo Switch, or your desire for extra zeros in your bank account, or your desire for whatever it is materialistically is going to be in front of all of those, you can't say praise the Lord. Because what you're praising are the things. You're praising your desire to have those instant moments of gratification. We're called to delight in God's word. Yet we've turned that around in our culture a lot. We delight in things that I don't know God does. Let me say that again. I think there are things in our life we delight that God would say, I don't delight in that. And that should be convicting. And sometimes it's not stuff. Sometimes it's an air of arrogance, right? An air of a, a lack of humility or pride. A divisive spirit. Always looking at things and wanting to go negative and nitpick and all of these things. Do you think God delights in your nitpicking? I don't think so. Right? Do, my worry, my anxiety. Do you believe God des de delights in my anxiety when really my anxiety is based around the fact that I don't trust him enough to get me through these things? Or I say, God, I know you have a way. And you're, it's probably perfect, but my imperfect way is better. You think God delights in that? I know he doesn't, and I do it anyway. But understanding and recognizing that generation of the upright will be blessed. That if we stay our delight, the righteousness of Christ in us is our modus operandi, right? The way we work and, and live in life, then we're on to something. And so will the generations that come after us. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends who, and le generously and lends who conducts his affairs with justice. 
We, we, we learned, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, we're going to let it shine. What is the letting shine in that song? The light of Christ. The same could be done with everything you've been given in life. Keep it all to myself. I'm going to let it shine. That doesn't make any sense. Don't let other people in. I'm going to let it shine. I love to hold a grudge. Are you going to teach that version in Lighthouse? Please don't because you'll be fired. You know, like understand that that's what the world's teaching us, though. That's exactly what the world's teaching all of us, right? Bottle it up, don't talk about it. Then let it implode. No. This is saying something very, very different. Give it over to God and just... And to trust in. Are you writing this down? I think these are really good. These are just kind of coming off the, off the dome right now. But that's what this psalm is, is teaching us. Right? Understand that the light dawns in the darkness. Meaning the darkness, Teddy, I'm talking to you. The darkness doesn't last. The light comes. That we will get through these things. With the man who deals generously and lends. To whom much is given, much is required. I've been given much, so much will be required. Time out. This church has not taken an offering for the general fund in five years. Let me say that again. This church has not taken an offering for the general fund because of your faithful giving for this church to ever just hoard it and say, no, 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 we got to keep... We want to make sure everything here is pristine and never put that money in mission, never put that money back into the community, never put money into the discipleship of all of us, me included, you. And I don't think we're being faithful. I don't think we're delighting in the Lord. A church that doesn't deal generously and lend. Now, we are called to be good stewards, and that's a diaconal elder council conversation, but it goes for all of us. Who conducts his affair with justice. We can't delight in the Lord and be about injustice. We can't delight in the Lord and go, yeah, that people group's getting their way. You can't do it. Now, there is truth. We stand on truth and we call out what is sin. Absolutely. And we know that. But we still have to be people of justice. You can't delight in God and not be a person of justice. It doesn't work. Let's keep going. Because this idea of righteousness for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. Until he looks in the triumph of his adversaries, he, is, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His, his horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Leave this up. There's a lot there. So in the times of need, in the times when you don't believe you have enough, in the times where you don't know the next step ahead, in the times where the bank account's overdrawn, in the time where the marriage right now is on the rocks, in the times when you and your relationship with your kids seems to be bottoming out, 
Praise the Lord. It sounds so dumb to say. In those situations, I sound like a fool. That if me and Carrie are having a rocky aspect of our relationship, I'm still supposed to praise the Lord? Actually, yeah. Because that's opportunity to grow closer together. To restore what might need to be restored. And Jesus offers that. But I think what the psalmist is ultimately saying is when God's at work, right, and you're praising the Lord and it's easy and things just seem to be happening and it's a positive domino effect, this thing happened and this thing happened then the raise came or the promotion, you know, or all these things, we got the house or whatever it is, what are you doing with the good then? What are you doing with the good? Are you giving good back out? I hope so. Forgive others. If you have been forgiven, we must also forgive. Paul reminds us in Colossians. And if forgiveness is the best thing, because that unlocks salvation, that gives us heaven, which blows every other good thing of the world out of the water, then we're supposed to be giving that to other people. But those times of uncertainty, those times of stress, anxiety, my weak record question as I close when you're in those seasons of life are people seeing the righteousness of Christ or the restlessness of you because we struggle with restlessness and that's not inherently evil it's not inherently a sin but restlessness means we can't find our footing When everything we're stepping on just seems to be mushy and we can't get our footing in life. That's where the rock of Jesus Christ comes in. That's where the power of faith comes in. Because the righteous that we've been given, Jesus on the cross, imputed, gave his righteousness to us. That we may be counted in God's sight as heaven bound. Look at toward the middle, toward the end, endures forever. Yeah, right there. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. As I close, the word endure, right? It doesn't mean it's going to be easy breezy. Right? It doesn't mean everything's you're going to get everything you want. Exactly how you want it, exactly when you want it. This is a Burger King. But enduring does mean pain. Enduring does mean trials. Enduring does mean a cancer diagnosis. Some issue in the courts. Some understanding of mistrust, broken trust. That the person that you know and love the the greatest will let you down. Enduring could also mean Your kids aren't always going to do what you say they do, or they say they're going to do, or the rules you set will be broken, because your students are just, or your kids are just as infallible as you are, or sorry, fallible as you are. That's enduring. As a church, we're going to endure. This church has endured, do you think it's been easy 153 years? Ron Zichterman, you've not been in the church this long, that long. You're not that old, you know, but you've been in this church for a long time. Has this church endured? 
How? Any more? That's enough. Trusting in God, preaching the word, and being faithful. I'm pretty sure that's what the psalmist meant. And as a church, we will endure. And here's the thing, we will endure together. That if you have an issue, right, we can do this together. That's what it means to be a church family. And we've just installed new leaders to help with that. Does that mean they're going to fix all your problems? No. Does that mean every time you go to your deacons, you're going to get everything you want? No, because that's not how that works. Right? The diaconate is not an ATM machine. The elders, they're not ATM. The church is not that. Right? The church is stewardship, calling people to live lives of stewardship. They have to do it. They have to show that or else it's hypocrisy. I have to do it. I have to show it or else that's hypocrisy. It's about finding the best solution together because of God's word. In that we endure. And here's the thing. We get to endure with righteousness because the righteousness of Christ on your life never goes away. You may choose to hide it for whatever reason. I'm going to say don't. Because the righteousness of Christ is one day going to allow you to stand before a living God. And you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the kingdom that has been prepared for you since the beginning of the world. I don't know about you. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, your word is convicting. Your word cuts through our restlessness, cuts through our our doubt, our our pride, our worry, our anxiety. And you give us your righteousness, and we thank you for that. Father, like a baby crying out, for whatever reason, we cry out to you. We praise you, even in the trials. We praise you even in the unknown. We praise you when life is going just right. We thank you that we can praise you. May we do it every day, regardless of what the day brings or what the day has brought. Praise the Lord. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We all agree and said, amen. Please stand if you are able. We're going to sing an oldie but a goodie. By the sea of crystal. And that is such a reminder of the glory to come. But until that time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you. And give you his peace. Which always passes our understanding. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We all agree and said, Amen.